0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: I'm definitely an amateur when it comes to the night sky. I get a kick out of spotting the odd constellation, but I really love it when I can see the Magellanic clouds. Just knowing that those two wispy looking puffs are actually entire galaxies that I can just look up and see. It's pretty mind blowing. Davika Kamath loves the Magellanic clouds too, but she's no amateur. She's a stellar astrophysicist And she's noticed a few weird things going on up there. In fact, her discoveries about what really happens when stars hook up are causing a bit of a rewrite of the astronomy textbooks. Here she is speaking at Vivid last year.
0: Each one of us shares a profound connection with our universe. The elements that make up our bodies and everything around us were forged in burning stars. And just like you and me, stars have a life cycle, too. They are born, they age, and they die. In the very beginning, the universe was filled with hydrogen, tiny amounts of helium, and traces of lithium. All other elements we see, these were forged inside the heart of stars. And at the very end of their lives, stars eject all this material they've created into interstellar space, enriching their surroundings. So stars are the true alchemists in our universe. From this enriched gas and dust, new stars are born and the cycle repeats, making new stuff for new stars, planets and life. So if you look at the sun, we call it a low or an intermediate mass star. And stars like our sun make 90% of the material that enrich our universe. And they are the major producers of elements like carbon, the very essence of life. So this is the story for stars like our sun that journey through their lives pretty much in solitude. But not all stars do this. In fact, 60% of sun-like stars are locked up in relationships. Yes, I mean relationships. And all of us know that things can get really dramatic when that happens. So the Sun is considered to be a single star, but let's imagine that it's in a relationship with the partner star. And when I say relationship, what I mean is these stars are gravitationally bound. They're attracted to each other, and they're inclined to interact with each other. Astronomers call these systems of two a binary star system. And like us human couples, binary star systems come of different types depending upon the nature of the two different stars involved. So today, the binary star system I'm going to talk to you about is a sun-like star. We're going to call this a main or a primary star, partnering with a star like itself, but maybe a bit younger. So standard theories predict that this system of two, they go through most of their lives not really doing much. They have a very passive relationship. But when the main star gets older, it probably gets more confident also, probably comfortable with itself, it expands several hundredfold. And I guess that's quite attractive when stars are concerned, because what happens then is it gets caught up in what you can think of as a cosmic tangle with its partner star. So in its swollen state, and we call it a giant star, what happens is the main star is sort of gravitationally distorting the outer stellar atmospheres of itself and its companion. And it's sort of falling apart. It gives a lot of its material to its partner star. And it also loses some material to space. And this material forms somewhat a ring around the two binary stars, like a deadly wedding ring. So as these stars journey on, the main star loses most of its material until all that is left of the main star is its dead stellar core. It sort of dances to its death. Beautiful, but tragic. And what might happen to the partner star, you might ask? Well, it tries to move on. C'est la vie. Standard theories predict that when stars are in binary systems, sure, their lives are more dramatic, but you'd still expect them to make the elements that enrich the universe, like carbon, lithium, titanium, lead, for example. That's what theories predict. But is that really true? Whatever I've said so far has general validity when it comes to single and coupled stars. But there's a lot of unanswered questions. For example, How do stars make these elements? What's the complex alchemy? What happens? And when in a star's life are these elements made? And most of all, can we demystify binary interactions? So I've been trying to answer these questions by looking at dying stars. Now, dying stars, they hold a fossil record of their entire life. So they act as stellar fossils, and they allow you to study how a star evolves and how it makes all the elements that enriches the universe. I use telescopes all around the world and in space to study these stellar fossils. I hunt them down, and I decode them. And my research has shown some true surprises. I've discovered a new class of stars. Thank you. Now, stellar fossils are rare. And the reason they're rare is because the dying stage of a star's life is really brief. It's like a blink of the cosmic eye, it's finished. So finding stars in this dying stage is quite difficult. And we decided to look for these stellar fossils in the Magellanic Clouds. So the Magellanic Clouds can be seen really well from the Southern Hemisphere, especially Australia, fantastic. They're like fuzzy patches in the sky, like pieces of the Milky Way broken away. So They look like cloudy patches in the sky. And the reason we chose to focus on the Magellanic Clouds is because the distance to these galaxies are really well known. And this allows me to determine parameters like the true brightness of the star and the true initial mass of the star when it was born. And these are important because the elements a star makes, whether it's gold or titanium or silver or whatever you like, this depends upon how massive a star is when it's born. There's a challenge, though. As you can imagine, most galaxies have millions of stars. And looking for these rare stellar fossils in millions of stars is like looking for needles in a haystack. So what I did was, using a combination of smart algorithms, I reduced the sample size to about 10,000 stars. And then I used telescopes, including the Anglo-Australian telescope, to sort of get stellar spectra for these stars. Now, spectra are a light-based fingerprint that hold the secrets of the stars. So what I do is I use my telescopes, I look at these rare stellar fossils, and I try and get their spectra to unravel their secrets. Now, I do this using automated stellar analysis codes that I've written, and they're useful because I'm not looking at one star individually. I'm looking at a whole bunch of stars, and my code does it automatically for me. So my research has shown that what we actually see in space about stars is far more complex than what standard theories predict. My studies have shown that when binary stars are involved, the chemistry of the star or the chemical elements it produces actually changes. When stars are in a couple, they're too busy falling in love, I guess. They're not so keen on making the elements that a single star is going ahead and making. What I've also found is that using the true brightness of the star and the initial mass and, of course, the chemical composition, the binary systems I talked about today, so where you have a sun-like star and a partner star, these systems come not in one but in two different flavors. The first flavor, of course, is typically when the tango, the fatal tango that I talked about, is when the star is really old, so it probably dies dancing away. I found a new class of stars where the fatal tango actually happens really early on in the star's life. Now, this has big implications. First of all, such stars were not known to exist before my discovery. But it also means that these stars are not doing their duty, so to speak. They're not making the elements like carbon the basis of life, which makes you and me more invaluable than we've ever been. And that diamond ring has tripled in value. So this discovery of this new class of stars that have their lives prematurely terminated, what happens is they enter the stellar underworld at a much earlier phase. And this means that binary stars or the binary interaction can really change the dynamics and the chemistry that a star is supposed to have. So, Currently, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to understand how many stars end their lives in a premature sort of way. And this is not easy because these new class of stars, they're rather faint. So tapping into their light becomes very difficult. And when you're studying stars like I do every day, light is all that you need. We are walking in the dark when it comes to understanding binary interactions. There's so much we don't know, and there's a million parameters that actually can change the dynamics of a binary interaction. So it's quite complex to understand how exactly can we get two stars to work in such a way that the life cycle is terminated earlier than what standard theories predict. Nevertheless, we are in the best era to be able to make such advances in research. So I'm going to go off and continue investigating what other secrets the universe holds. In the meantime, I hope you always take the time to dance under the stars because the stars are dancing above us. Thank you.
1: That was stellar astrophysicist and romantic poet, Dr. Devika Kamath from Macquarie Uni. Devika and her team are still making discoveries from those older star, younger trophy star cliches. One of her PhD students has spotted jets shooting off the pairs. And Devika's collaborating with a Belgian team to see if planets might be able to get a foothold around these dying binary systems. So much to learn from a couple of wispy puffs in the sky. I'm Bernie Hobbs. Catch you next time.